I'm Kara, and welcome to the Purpose Driven Mom podcast. Here at A Purpose Driven Mom, I believe in parenting with intentionality, but remembering the grace that God gives us to make things new every single day. I know that mom life can be hard and stressful, and it sometimes feels out of control, but here at A Purpose Driven Mom, the goal is to help you create systems and routines to just feel less overwhelmed, more in control of your time, your parenting, your life, and have more joy in your home. Mom life is hard enough. Don't do it alone. Welcome to The Purpose Driven Mom Show. Hello and welcome to our episode today. We are on episode 9 already of the Purpose Over Mom Show. It's super exciting. If you listened to last week's episode, you might have noticed that I gave you the wrong show notes. <laughs> the entire time I kept saying it was episode 7, when in fact it was episode 8. <laughs> so today we're going to be crystal clear. Your show notes are at a purposedovermom.com slash podcast 9 Before we dive in, I do want to read our review of the week. Don't forget, if you are the reviewer of the week, you will be able to access my private office hours that I only use for my coaching clients and for my membership. This is the time where you and me can go back on a walkie-talkie app called Voxer about your goals. We can break down whatever's stressing you out. We can figure a system for things, and we just have some good one-on-one time. You'll email me at apurposedrivenmom.com at gmail.com. I host those once a month for the reviewers of the week. So if you were someone who was the reviewer of the week in June, check your emails. I probably sent you the details for July. And if you are the reviewer of the week in July, send me an email so I have your info and I will send you an email at the end of the month so you can join us for those office hours. This week's review of the week comes from Gardeners of the Galaxy. She says, I love this podcast so far. I don't have children, but both my sisters are mothers, and it's nice to hear some of what they go through daily, as sometimes I forget. Kara helps remind me to slow down, make lists, love myself, and that no one is perfect, and that's 100% okay. And who doesn't love a good reminder to give yourself some love? Thank you, Gardeners of the Galaxy, for that review. This podcast, it is geared towards moms. It is the experience that I bring. It is what I know and what I share. But I have a lot of people who pop in my inbox who tell me that they're not moms, that they're able to use these tips. So I really appreciate you. If you are listening and you're not a mom and you listen to all of my talk about my kids anyway and still get something out of it. So thank you to everyone who's reviewed and rated the podcast. We're going to dive in today, and we're going to talk about morning routines for busy moms. Now, we've already talked about evening routines in episode number three, and now we're going to talk about the other end of this bookend. I like to consider morning and evening routines the bookends of your day, how you start and how you end them. We bookend our day because, well, we can't control anything that really happens in the middle of the day. Life's kind of crazy, right? I know that Sometimes I just sit and I stop in the middle of the day and I'm like, what is even happening? I think I say that out loud, actually, often. What is going on right now? What we can control, though, is how we start our day and how we end our day. That is up to us. Now, yes, life happens and things will get in the way, but know that when you bookend your day, you set yourself up to just feel a little bit more successful, a little bit more wins, you feel a little bit less overwhelmed because you can start your day on the right foot and you can end your day in a way that makes you feel aligned. If you didn't listen to the episode on evening routines, head on back and make sure you listen to episode three. I'm gonna link it in the show notes for you. It'll give you a really great picture of why I actually think the evening routine is more important to start with when you're developing habits than the morning routine because often if you don't take the time to set up your night before you wake up, you're going to wake up feeling behind already. But once you have a good evening routine, once it feels solid, once you've been doing it for a few weeks, it becomes something that's super routine. 
then you can definitely tackle a morning routine. Most people start with the morning routine, honestly, because they think, well, it's the first thing I do. I always tell people to start with the evening routine because it just is a little bit easier for some quick wins because when we talk about morning routine, we're going to talk about getting up early and a lot of people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to face that. I'll share some of my sleep struggles today with you. Uh, We are in a tough season and that's kind of the disclaimer I do want to give before we completely dive in. There are many seasons of life that you can be in, whether your kids are in college, in high school, you have a newborn, you have a toddler, someone's not sleeping through the night. There's seasons of life you're in with your motherhood, with work, with all of the demands that are on you. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Take what works for you and implement it with anything that I tell you. You're going to pick and choose and start to take action on at least one small piece know that it's it's more about progression. It's not about perfection. I always say that. like It's not about perfection. It's about intention. What are you trying to do? So if you're in a season where your kids are not sleeping through the night, and y'all, I'm coming off like six weeks now where my kids have not been sleeping through the night. I have two toddlers, uh, one and a half, three and a half, and there is a nightmare happening or a tooth coming in or someone is sick. And my bed is being taken over by these ninja children who just somehow wind up there. Or in the middle of the night, I like zombie walk over to get them. And I'm like, whatever, just sleep in my bed. And it's really been hard to get in morning routine that works for me right now. But I know it's a season and I'm willing to make changes. We'll talk today, though, about how to become a more morning person if you don't feel like you can connect with that. But just remember, you could be in a tough season it's totally okay, and it's not going to last forever. We just keep going, all right? And a morning routine is super key and matters for a few reasons. That quiet time you have may be the only quiet time you get. If you have young kids like me or older kids who stay up gabbing your ear off at night, you know that you're always mom, 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 right? It's, it's always something they need from you. If I don't have time before they wake up, where I can spend even five minutes in quiet solitude. For me, it's prayer, and I'll talk about what I do in my morning routine. I might not have that till I go to bed. And now that my kids aren't sleeping through the night, I was saying to my husband, it can be really frustrating right now. I'm always on. I'm always being, like, touched or needed. And now they're not sleeping through the night, and my son is in this, like, pinching phase. We um, breastfed him till he was 19 months. So about three months ago when we weaned, he's just, like, pinches me and he always wants like his hand in my shirt or my belly it's super weird my belly button like he's always always touching me and in the middle of the night if he does come into our bed or if he's needs to be rocked down I'm in with the chair he's touching me in my sleep so it's really important for me to do my best to get up just a few minutes even before them because I need that time so that I can just have that for me if I start the day go 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 and jumping in with them, it's a huge difference. I'm sure you've probably seen Moana, right? I always joke that um, when I wake up with the kids, I'm like, take off, right? Like I am not, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And when I get even 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes before them, I'm tafiti. Like, hello, children. All of a sudden, I'm snow white and birds are floating or flying on me and landing on me. <laughs> you know, I'm so happy. That time matters so much. But let's talk about the elephant in the room, waking up early. I used to think I was not a morning person. I wasn't a night person either. I just kind of like really liked the middle of the day. I like my sleep. Something happens when you become a mom and you just get used to not having as much sleep and it's not 
healthy for your body. We need to be sleeping so much more than we are. But, you know, I will be the first to admit, I go to bed around 11. I wake up around 5. It's not enough sleep. It's the season I'm in right now. But I had to train myself to become a morning person because I knew that those hours mattered. Now, I'm not going to give you some story about how we all have the same 24 hours and, you know, you should be getting up and grinding and hustle, hustle. I don't believe in that. I did that. I did the hustle, hustle, hustle when I was teaching. When I came out of teaching um, as an entrepreneur my first time and so I started with Beachbody, I was working so hard and it burnt me out. I didn't love it. I believe you can be successful in all of the areas of your life, maybe not at the same time. Have you ever heard the saying, uh, you can have it all, just not at the same time? I believe that. And I don't believe you have to completely hustle and sacrifice sleep all the time to get there. It's just not the mentality that I like to go on because I think you need to take care of yourself. And sleep is so important. I'm doing a lot of research lately on hormones and our body. Um, I just had a little scare. My birth control was giving me crazy hormonal side effects and I didn't even realize. So now I'm like mildly obsessed. So send me all of your hormone resources because I become like really hyper intensely focused on one thing when I think it's something going on with my body and right now it's my hormones. But the sleep and the adrenal glands, like the way everything is connected, I know I need to be sleeping more and you need to sleep more, but if you don't think you're a morning person, I want to challenge you that you can be. This is how I trained my body to become a morning person. I just started with five minutes. Here's what I recommend you do. If you want to get up before your kids, you need to do some baseline data. I'm huge on data. I think it's a really great way to create a plan that makes sense and that's feasible. So many people just jump into goals without really looking at what they're doing. They just make these audacious goals. They don't have any rhyme or reason to them. If you want to get up earlier, you need to know where you're starting. So my first recommendation is do some baseline. Track where you do normally get up. What time do you get up? What time do your kids get up? Track that for a couple days to a week. Start to see the pattern, what's generally happening if you're waking up with your kids. Now, my kids are early birds. Our situation, maybe it's unique, maybe your kids are in the same boat, but when my husband, he was a principal of school, it was about 90 minutes away. So I was doing all of the driving for school. Uh, And so when I had to drive my stepson to school, maybe about 40 minutes, we had to leave the house around 6 a.m. So everyone had to be, I would say 6.15, up and out of the house at 6.15, including the baby. I think it just trained all of our bodies to be early wakers and early risers. And now that that's not the commute, thankfully my husband's school, it's like five minutes from where my stepson goes to school. So it is amazing um, that he has been able to like take that part of the load off. They, everyone still wakes up early though. Uh, you know, and because of that, our home is just full of early birds. All that being said, my kids are early risers. They wake up around six on a good day. And we've been going through six weeks where Isaiah, that's my uh, year and a half old, has been getting up at like 4 a.m. And he does not go back to sleep. He'll cuddle me for like, I could get him into a good cuddle for like 30 minutes, but he's not sleeping. He's just cuddling and kind of dozing off a little, but he won't go back to sleep. And then all of a sudden he's like log rolling in the bed, like throwing elbows and it's, it's a mess. And we're all very, very, very tired. So we're working on that right now. So it can be very tricky for us to get up earlier than them. So figure out when time your kids are getting up and what time you're getting up, and then you start to make slow changes. Literally five minutes. 
Say you want to start getting up at 5 a.m. is always like a big number. If you've read the book, The 5 a.m. Miracle, um, it's really great. I'll link to that in the show notes. It really gave me a good framework. I don't do everything that The 5 a.m. Miracle talks about, but I do a lot of the practices that it recommends. Um, And I do think that getting up early is one of the ways you can have success in so many things in your life. But say you're ready for like 5.30 because your kids are going to get up at 7 and you want to make sure you have time for you, you want to do some prayers, you want to maybe start your chores, maybe you want to exercise or work on a project or something like that without them. I know I'm trying to declutter my house a little bit right now. I did a huge declutter in January and things have just gotten crazy again. And I keep writing on my planner every day declutter and I give myself a time and I'm supposed to do it and it keeps getting skipped because it's hard to declutter when your kids are around because they just make a bigger mess. So maybe you have a project like that you want to work on. Make a goal of when you want to get up and then look at where you're at right now. If you want to be getting up at 5.30 and you're currently getting up at 7 o'clock with your kids, just start with five minutes. Tomorrow, get up at 6.55 and you're like, that's five minutes, who cares? It will matter because the next day you're going to do 6.50 and then 6.45, and then 6.40, and then you're probably gonna have a day where you hit the snooze at 6.30, and you don't wake up till seven. Well, then you do that day again, and you do that day until you get it, I would say two days in a row with doing it, if you ever like skip it, and then get back on the cycle of five minutes. It may take you three to four months, but you will slowly train your body to become a morning person. The key with that though, is that you tell that time what to do. You can't just say, I'm going to get up five minutes earlier and sit there. If you don't get up out of your bed and do something, the time's going to pass and your morning routine is going to be gone. If you just have five minutes, you could get up and brush your teeth and wash your face or get dressed. If you have five minutes, you could do a five-minute meditation or yoga. You could pray or read a little bit of a Bible or listen to a podcast. The time will start to grow and you'll see how much you can really get done. It's something we talk about in the 15-minute formula, one of my new courses coming out in August, how much you can get done in 15 minutes and how we think we can't get anything done, when in reality, you could really be productive only if you pre-assign and pre-plan what you're going to do. That's the key. The key is saying, what are you going to do in the morning, developing the morning routine and getting it done in that time. There are going to be days though your kids are going to wake up and it's going to mess up your routine. And it's not about getting frustrated with them. And I struggle to do this as well. I'm reading um, Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday from Valerie Warner. It's so good. It's our book club right now for the Purpose Driven Mom Club. And it really is convicting me just about my attitude towards my kids and feeling like they're, quote, like in the way when I'm trying to do something. I want quiet time with the Lord and my kids wake up and I get angry with them. You know, that's not the right behavior. And so it's really helping me reframe that. So I really, I recommend that book a ton. Know that there's just going to be times where it happens, where they wake up and your routine gets off. Will you try again tomorrow? And that's the point of it. I also recommend trying to get up at the same time every day, including the weekends. This is hard for me as well because Often I don't have a lot of time to sleep in. And honestly, I don't really even have time to sleep in on the weekends. I still have my kids um, that wake up early. And my husband is home, but he sleeps on Saturdays. Sometimes I'll sleep in Sundays, but we still have to be at church at 8.30. So I mean, nobody's sleeping until noon here, you know. Uh, I once was telling someone, oh, I got to sleep until 6 o'clock. And they were like, that's not sleeping in. I'm like, it's a mom sleep in. You'll know. <laughs> you'll, you'll get it one day. Um, and then I have friends whose kids sleep till 8 a.m., and good for them. <laughs> but we are just not that house. But it's okay because my goal is just to get up a couple minutes earlier. So if you use that habit stacking like I talked about in the last episode and you go through and you slowly make changes 
over time, your body will adjust without it being crazy. The biggest problem so many of us have when we create goals is you say, I'm waking up at 5.30 a.m., but I've been waking up at 8 o'clock every morning, but this is somehow going to work. It's not. You're going to feel like a failure. You're going to feel like you can't do it. You're going to beat yourself up and say really mean things to yourself, and you should stop talking about yourself like that. Um, There's a news phrase I'm using when I hear um, someone or myself speaking negatively about them. So like I have this very negative voice in my head and I need to tell it to be quiet very often um, because I really struggle with negative self-talk. So one of the things I started to say is stop speaking to my friend like that because you wouldn't talk to your friend like that, right? I heard it on a podcast. I can't, I got to find out who originally said it or which podcast I heard it on and it just really stuck with me. Stop speaking to my friend like that. So in our groups, when I see someone speaking negatively about themselves, like I had a hard week, I failed at this, whatever it is, I'm always like, stop talking about my friend like that. Because you wouldn't. You wouldn't talk about your friend in the way that you talk about yourself. You wouldn't talk to your daughter the way you talk about yourself. So, um, you know, if you have those moments where you feel like you're struggling, just get back on the wagon. Just say, okay, I had a couple days where I slept in. I'm not lazy. There's nothing wrong with me. And this is the voice in my head. It always is like, you're lazy. You're such a loser. You can't do anything. No wonder you're not more successful. These are the negative voices that play in my head over the littlest thing. And I know a lot of that sometimes is my anxiety speaking. My anxiety manifests really angrily, actually. And um, I try so hard to work at it and identify, like, that is anxiety right now, Kara. Like, you're stressed about this. This is how it's manifesting. And I'm at a point with my anxiety because I've been struggling with it for so long, that I can say those things, that I can be like, this is what's happening, this is how it's manifesting, this is what triggered it, this is how we're going to move on. It takes me a while, and there are moments where, like, my voice raises, I yell, I cry. Um, Sometimes my anxiety, like, I just need a minute. Like, I physically, um, I can't be touched. My skin, like, it literally feels like it's crawling, and I know that it it scares my kids when when my anxiety gets really bad. Uh, To be super vulnerable with you, like, I just, I shake a little bit and I just I cannot be touched I'm just like too overwhelmed like my senses are overwhelmed and I just honestly I crawl into like a ball in the corner which then makes them think I'm playing a game and then they jump on me more and then it it, then I start crying and it gets like really bad and so when I'm able to get out of that moment I'm able to say this is what triggered it this is um how it manifested and this is how we're going to move on. And I go back and honestly, I don't know, I just went on this total tangent about anxiety, um, which I think I'm going to do a podcast on soon. I've been getting a lot of messages lately about it. So I will share more of my story in snippets, but I do want to talk about anxiety soon. Um, but then I go back and I humble myself and I apologize to my children. And I say, you know, like, I know that was probably scary that mommy got upset and was crying. This is what happened. I felt overwhelmed about X, Y, and Z. Uh, and when, sometimes when I'm like that, I just need a minute and some space. It's not a game. I just want to go in the other room and take a second so that I can get myself together or whatever I would say to them. So, you know, I just want you to know that if you struggle with anxiety or if you make a mistake as a parent, uh, we kind of got on a little rabbit trail here about that. But if you do that, it's okay. It's so okay. Um, but humble yourself and apologize to your kids. Your kids will never learn how to get grace and how to apologize and show and give forgiveness if you don't model that for them. So just a little side note, we're going to get back now um, to morning routines. So we're up earlier, we're training our bodies to do things. Well, what do you do? What are you going to do in your morning routine? I want you to pick one thing. Go back to habit stacking. Pick one thing you're going to do and work on that for an entire week. So if in the morning 
you decide that you are just going to do some sort of silence, prayer or meditation. Mine is Bible reading. So the very first thing I do before I check my social media, before I do anything. Okay, if I'm being honest, sometimes I check my Facebook memories before I pray when I'm laying in bed. And I shouldn't do that. I'm, I'm going to get better at that. I'm just going to be transparent with you today. But what um, I do is I go downstairs and I do my Bible reading. Right now I'm reading through the book of Psalms. It's short. It's something I need this summer as I'm trying to get up earlier. And so I'll read my Bible. I then have a notebook where I write down a scripture verse from what I read. And if there's nothing that really does stand out to me, I go back a couple days because there are sometimes passages have like more than one verse that I really liked. I then write down something I'm thankful for and I do some gratitude. This has been brand new for me and I really enjoy it. I enjoy starting my day being thankful for something. Often I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for... Um, salvation that's really my biggest honestly as someone who came to christ as an adult i am really aware of my salvation and i know that sometimes when people grow up in the church or it's something that's been part of them for so long they don't notice it but as someone whose brokenness is so um raw still every single day i am thankful for god's grace i will share more of my story uh maybe i'll do another episode of that as well um if you don't know it but I was so broken for so long and I still struggle and am very imperfect and have all of my broken tendencies, but now I have hope and faith and and it's just something every morning. I feel like if I went back to June's gratitude, it would be like salvation, salvation often. Um, But the third part of that is I do something where I write down prayer requests. I like to go back at the end of the month and highlight any prayer requests that have been answered. I don't think we do this very often where we actually look and say like what God has done for me. One thing I noticed in reflection in June, because I'm filming this in the beginning of July, when I looked at June's prayer request, I really was struggling with food. Uh, I struggle with binge eating. And I had shared this before, but I'd lost 70 pounds before my daughter. I do know what I'm doing. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I emotionally... Um, I feed myself and I will binge and then I will berate myself and then it turns into this whole thing and I work very hard at this and I noticed in June uh, and I have to dig deeper into this something that something must have been going on with me because I think I wrote down multiple times where I needed my prayer was for God to help me with the stronghold that food has on on me and sugar and those things and I just thought it was so interesting so I like to go back and see patterns and things. Other things that you can add, uh, you know, like I said, start with one thing and then after a week you add a second thing, after another week you can add a third thing until you have a nice morning routine. So I've been working on my current morning routine for six months. It has about eight things. Um, I found that I was putting too many things in my morning routine um, and my morning goes from about 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. That's my morning time block and I'm going to talk in a couple episodes about time blocking So I found that I was putting like 12 things in that morning routine and things weren't getting done. So it was just way too many. So don't ever plan yourself, but, you know, try to think of things that you could do for you, things you could do for your home and things you can do, you know, for your kids. So for you, like I said, I recommend some sort of silence, whatever that is for you. There's a bunch of great meditation apps and things you could just have that quiet time. Um, And then do a personal task. So for me, a personal task I do is something for work. I get up, I get up, I do my prayer, I do my journaling, all those things. That that takes me maybe 10 minutes. I wish that I was spending more time with the Lord, but in this current season, 
that's where I'm at. And I'm okay with that. And my goal is to grow it. So if I'm only spending 10 minutes the first half of the year, now I'd like to spend 15 minutes in this month and start to grow that and see how you can play around with it based on your season. I then move right into a personal task, which is work. I get some sort of email written. It tends to be like a last minute task that I forgot to do, but it could be anything. It could be a workout. It could be time to work on a hobby. It could be if you have to write thank you cards. I can't stand writing thank you cards. If you write thank you cards for something, you want a scrapbook, you want to declutter, you just want to read. Anything you want to do for you, I recommend doing a little bit of that. All right, so my prayer and work, that's about 30 minutes. I don't pick a long work task. Pick something I can do in 15 or 20 minutes because I just want a little bit of time to start my day productive. And I always pre-assign this. So if you decide that your personal task in the morning is going to be a workout, pick the workout you're going to do, know what it is so you're not waking up, what am I doing? Am I going to do this? Am I going to go do yoga? I'm not sure. Where are my sneakers? Have all that set out. If you decide that the morning is going to be the time that you work on a starting your Christmas gifts, maybe you crochet and you want to make blankets for people and you want to spend a little bit of time doing that, put your stuff, put your materials aside, pre-assign it. I also want to recommend getting dressed. I love yoga pants. I love comfy leggings. I also like putting on real clothes. I really think that it matters. And for me, like, my mom uniform is literally jean shorts or a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. I'm not wearing anything fancy. It'll probably have peanut butter on it pretty soon. It is what it is. My stuff's wrinkled. I shop at the Goodwill. Like, nothing is fancy here. But it's just not my pajamas. I find that when I stay in my pajamas... I'm just a little bit less productive, right? Like I'm slower moving and things don't happen the way they should. Uh, So I typically get up, stay in my workout clothes because I work out later in my morning routine, not right away. And then after my morning routine, I shower, I get dressed. I don't wear a lot of makeup. I don't really know what I'm doing with my makeup. I would love to learn (laughs) how to do my makeup. Just very simple every day. I just need to get a YouTube tutorial and figure it out. Uh, I don't do much with my hair. Sometimes I straighten it. Like, it's real simple, my getting ready, but I just recommend it. I think it's it's helpful. After you do something for you, you're going to do something for your home. This is the second part of your morning routine. These are the chores and the tasks you need to get done. I like to empty my dishwasher in the mornings. If you've done your evening routine, you've already set it at the end of the day, which means that you're waking up to a nice, shiny new sink. There's nothing in it. It's clean. I recommend emptying your dishwasher right away. This way, after you do a cleanup, I like to do a um, cleanup after breakfast, after lunch, and after dinner so that it doesn't all just pile. Instead of throwing things in your sink because your dishwasher's full, you can put them directly in the dishwasher. Give them a quick rinse, throw them in. You can teach your kids how to do this. My kids love to load the dishwasher way too much. Like They just keep wanting to touch the knives. <laughs> it drives me crazy. I'm like, this is dangerous. But you can teach them how to safely do it. Um, this is a really great tip. When my sink gets full, I get overwhelmed. I get stressed out. I don't love it. Empty your dishwasher right away. It's super smart. I also start a load of laundry, so that's a really good tip and habit you can get into. I like a daily laundry habit. I know some people don't like to do daily laundry, but hear me out. I do a full load from start to finish. Wash, dry, fold, put away every single day. And and most days it gets put away. As I, as I think right now, I have um, a load sitting there waiting to be folded from today that I have not put away yet. But I attempt to do it every day. And I want to encourage you, guys, I'm just being real because I think it's important to know that you always set out your day to be intentional 
but like life happens and you deserve the grace to take a breath and not have it perfect on your chart every day. But the aim is wash, dry, fold, put away every single day. I like to do one load because when it overwhelms me, when it's more than one load, then I procrastinate the folding and the putting away and then laundry just sits next to my laundry room or we don't know where it is and things don't get put away and then you get backed up because the basket's in the laundry room and you need it in the bedroom. I think that doing a load a day is the perfect way to not get overwhelmed with laundry. Yes, it can feel monotonous and boring because you're doing the same thing every day, but I don't know, I like routine. So I started in the morning, It's ready to go in the dryer by breakfast, and then when the kids eat lunch, or uh, I would say that, or when Isaiah wakes up from nap around three while they're having snack, typically when they're eating, that's when I'll fold it. Uh, I like to have it folded before he wakes up if possible, because then when we go upstairs to wake him up at three o'clock, then they play in their room, and we'll put the laundry away. Typically, the laundry goes upstairs in one of our bedrooms, and it's just the easiest way to do it. Uh, You could also get breakfast going if you're going to cook breakfast. I like to meal prep a good breakfast. And I will make sure I link in the show notes. I have a great chart for how to get your kids a healthy breakfast. And I'll talk about that more in a second. But it's important that you meal prep as much breakfast as you can to make it easy. I make a batch of waffles. I got a waffle iron for Christmas. It's like the best $19.99 (laughs) present I could have ever gotten. I use it every single week. So I just have a quick recipe. It's healthy. It's easy. It makes me feel better that I'm giving them something that I know all the ingredients to and I can easily make. Uh, I know waffles aren't super expensive at the store, but I really aim to make as many things homemade as I can. And so the waffle maker, it's clutch. Uh, Otherwise, my kids will just eat, you know, like breakfast sausage or yogurts or things like that. But I can prep waffles really, really, really simply. Uh, And then in the morning, I don't have to make breakfast for them. I can just reheat it. Uh, But if you want to make a hot breakfast or if you want to make yourself a hot breakfast or enjoy a hot cup of coffee, do that in the morning. Once your kids wake up, things might get a little crazy. So let's talk a little more about breakfast in this chart I was mentioning. I like to give my kids a protein and a complete carbohydrate for breakfast. So protein will fill them up and keep them full And the carbohydrate gives you energy. Carbs give you energy. This is things like fruit. In our home, these are typically fruit or waffles. Uh, And I give them a protein. Eggs, yogurt, breakfast sausage. Those tend to be kind of our go-tos. Maybe crackers with peanut butter. My kids love crackers with peanut butter. So that, that might be something else that they have. It's a good way to balance them. I eat the exact same way. I eat a carbohydrate and a protein with my breakfast to balance it. And so the more you can prep that, the easier it's gonna be. But the one thing I started doing that's been very helpful is a morning busy table. In the morning, as soon as we got downstairs, my kids would be like, breakfast, breakfast. My kids are in the cabinets. I'm like, all right, everybody calm down a little bit. And I needed a minute to get my own bearings. So I started doing a morning busy table. We have a little fold out kids table in our kitchen. And one day I just threw a bunch of blocks on it and was like, here, play with this. I thought, oh, this is genius. So now on a good day in my evening routine, I remember to put something on the table and I can do it easily in the morning. Now this is not where you're doing like a crazy um, Pinterest craft. This is not where I have to help them do things. I literally put one of their toys on the table and it feels new and exciting. Magnet tiles are a really great one. Blocks, cars. Often my go-to is coloring books and crayons. Play-Doh, I toss them on the table. It keeps them busy. I've also found that it extends how long before they ask me to put the TV on. So I will put on a show during my workout, which is around 7, 7.30 in the morning. Again, we're up around 5.36. 
So it's been an hour or so, uh, and they won't ask if they have something that they're doing. And you can just throw anything out there. There's some good resources. I'll link some of my favorites uh, in the show notes at apurposedrivermom.com slash podcast09. But you can find anything and just put it on the table. Then they will do it. And you will be able to cook breakfast without stepping on your kids. It will be wonderful. Give it a try. Tag me if you do it. Other things we do in our morning routine is our Bible study. We are currently doing a summer study using Play Through the Bible by the Steadfast Family. Liz is amazing. I feel like I've mentioned her a few times. She's got some amazing resources. i got to get her on the podcast. I'm going to send her a message. She just knows so much about how to teach your kids the Bible in such a fun way. And we use Play Through the Bible as our, like, core Uh, It's not really a curriculum, but it just gives us the ideas. It's our structure. And so this summer, I added in Bible study. So each week we do a different story. Uh, We started with creation. We went to Adam and Eve. Last week we did Noah's Ark, and we just moved to Sarah and Abraham. I pick one activity or craft to do every day. Again, very simple activities. Uh, You know, we acted out. Uh, we did gardening the week of Adam and Eve. We just went outside and like played in the garden and we talked about the garden. So what we do is we read uh, from our toddler's Bible. There's a few Bibles. We've got four toddler Bibles that we like. Uh, and I will make sure that those are linked as well. But the beginner's Bible is a great one for toddlers. The pictures are big. And we will read the story. Um, it's cute now because my daughter, I will find, I'll see if I can find the video. I had it on my Instagram stories, so hopefully I highlighted it so it's saved. And I'll, I'll put it on the page for the show notes, but my daughter will read the Bible now. She'll just tell the story. She uses context clues in the picture, but the more we've done it, the more she knows the stories. So we'll read the story, and then we'll do our activity either in the morning or sometimes we'll push it back till after lunch. Just kind of depends on what the activity is. If it's like a sensory bin, that happens later. But if it's like a coloring sheet, uh, I have this coloring sheet right now for Sarah and Abraham. I'll just put that as their busy time activity because now we've read the, um, the story and they know what it is. I then get them dressed. We don't stay in our jammies for very long here. I don't know. I just really like getting dressed. It means we go through a lot of clothes. Probably why I do a load of laundry every day. So at this point... If I've already worked out, I'm ready to shower, I get dressed. Now, my daughter, she will get herself dressed at, like, she wakes up sometimes at, like, 3 in the morning and is, like, full-on in a dress, not sleepwalking, in a dress and shoes. Like, she changes her clothes. She likes to sleep in dresses. She will only wear dresses. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Um, so she's probably already dressed at this point, but I, I make sure I get my son dressed, too. Um, everybody gets dressed, and then I involve them in our morning chores. So you can have your kids help you sweep. You can have them put away their breakfast plates. I really recommend that. That's a great first step if you have younger kids and you're not sure where to start with chores. Have them put away their breakfast plates. All they have to do is like teach them how to scrape it and bring it to the sink. Teach them how to scrape it and bring it to the sink. It's great. It includes them in the pickup and it teaches them that they will pick up after themselves. When you start your morning routine, don't forget the three things you should be looking for. Something for you, something for your home, something for your kids. Pick one to start with. Tomorrow, start your morning routine with something for you. Can you get up five minutes earlier and do something for you? And then when it gets to like 15 minutes, 20 minutes even, can you do something for you and then something for your home? When it gets to 30 minutes, something for you, your home, the kids. You know, and start to rotate it that way. It is going to take a couple months to get there, but you will slowly scaffold up into a great morning routine that is predictable for your kids. 
Do it now while it's the summer and you want to make the school year easier. Keep them in the morning routine. I don't think you need to, like, wake your kids up right now. Let them sleep. You know, they were getting up early for the school year. Our 12-year-old, like, I just let him sleep. Unfortunately, the little people do not let him sleep. I felt terrible the other day. He was screaming, like, I just wanted to sleep. And they woke him up at, like, 6. But let them sleep. But keep the routine down. The morning routine is something we can do whether we all wake up early at 5 a.m. during the week or if we sleep in until 6, 37 on the weekends. We do the same routine. We just push it back. And that's what you want. You want a core routine where the same steps are happening no matter what time it is. Anyone, they can do it no matter what. The kids know it's super predictable. And your kids will know. My daughter, two days ago, just threw it back in my face, actually. I was super tired. And like I said, I normally don't put the TV on until workout time. And I just needed to, like, snuggle and, like, sit and drink my coffee. And I was like, why don't we go pick a show? And she just looked at me, like, dead in the face. I was like, no, Mommy, it's too early for a show. And I was like, ugh, repeating everything I say. (laughs) But they know the routine, you know? Um, Try your routine. If it's too ambitious, scale it back a little bit till you find that happy medium, okay? Don't forget to just tell your time what to do or your morning's going to pass. Things aren't going to happen and you're going to go back to this, I don't have time to do fill in the blank. You do, but you have to tell your time what to do, all right? You can have a great morning. You could be less stressed. You don't have to always be rushing around in the mornings. It can be a little leisurely, um, maybe not always a little like leisurely. There are days where it's a little bit hectic, but if more times than not, you're following your routine, you're going to find that your family just kind of gets into a flow. You feel happier because you have that quiet time and things just start to make changes in your home. So thank you for uh, getting on I would love to know what you're doing for your morning routine. So go over to a purposedrivermom.com slash podcast09. I've got a morning routine chart and checklist free for you. Just drop your email. You can have that. Um, it gives you a sample of what I do for my morning routine, and then there's a blank one so you can customize it or you can steal mine. Either of those work. And then uh, tag me. I want to see it on Instagram at a purpose driven mom. I love seeing when you're listening, how you're listening. Uh, and I love when you implement the tips. And that feedback is super critical for me to know which direction to take this podcast as it's new and we're growing it. Thank you again for getting on. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you were able to get some tips to just parent with more intentionality. Make sure you head over to Facebook and join our private Facebook community group. Just search A Purpose Driven Mom and it'll come up. You can also go to apurposedrivenmom.com slash podcast and you will have access to every single podcast, all the show notes, all the links, all the freebies and all the goodies that I have for you. Thank you again for being a part of the community and I would love and appreciate it if you head over and gave a five-star rating and review. It allows us to find other purpose-driven moms, have an impact on them, and I would love to feature you as the reviewer of the week. Thanks again and have an amazing day.